0: Welcome, everyone, to the Rest Podcast, where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion, chaos, and dis ease in order to heal and find significance in life. I am your host, Natalie Williams, and I am here with the author of The Reconstitution Method for Healing and Rest, Virginia Dixon. Hey, Natalie. Good morning. So today we have Dr. Heidi Ahrens, a great friend of Virginia's and mine. She is a family nurse practitioner, board certified in functional medicine, as well as a previous co-worker, too, with Virginia. We're so excited for this conversation today, and I know that you have a really big story. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be
1: here, and this just reminds me how many mm-hmm. conversations we had about Virginia doing a podcast yeah. and it's come to life and it's thriving and I couldn't be more proud of everything you guys have created. And you're just giving an
2: incredible message to so many people. Thank you. Heidi, I wanted everybody to hear our story so they can have hope and understand that when the cause is noble, the hunger, the desire to do good is sincere that God really steps into that space and amazing things happen in our lives. And your story and my story and how our lives connected is pretty remarkable. So before we start getting into the theme this month, which is grief, I want you to share how we connected, how we met, because it's really your story. That's a great story. And, and I might add, it's the fruit of experiencing a measure of dis-ease and grief and frustration and wanting more. Tell your story.
1: Yeah, this is this story just always brings a smile to my face because it's the evidence of the fingerprints of God working in your life, and only He could orchestrate certain things that you were meant for and those divine appointments that He institutes in our lives. And so I was actually in the midst of grad school and knew I wanted to go into functional integrative medicine and wanted to find a clinic that I could do training in. And I was not having any luck finding a clinic that could provide me with the clinical hours that I needed at the, at the time, this was, you know, back in like 2015. And so I was looking in the San Diego area, couldn't find anything and started branching out to Orange County and started looking at, well, maybe there's, a clinic in Orange County. You know, I, I don't mind driving. I'll go anywhere where I could get the experience that I want. Um, Cause this is what I want to do. Right. So I started looking into Orange and, County. And
2: you'd been working in hospitals for 12 years. Yes. You were working in the San Diego area, right? In the yeah. hospital for 12 years. So that years. was,
1: that was my life. And that was my, my clinical experience was in the hospital setting and I wanted to branch out into the outpatient world. So I started looking into Orange County and I've stumbled literally upon a website and it wasn't even the clinic per se. I just stumbled upon a video and it was this incredible woman who was explaining what she did and what her role was at this outpatient clinic. And her role was the director of inner healing. And she explained that she helps people reason through the connection between the nervous system and the immune system and basically delving into the body mind and spirit of healing and what does that look like and how does that get unpacked and how do we work with individuals who need that kind of root cause approach to dealing with, and this was a cancer clinic before they get cancer, right? That was, so we were, so that the clientele that this clinic served was Mm -hmm. very complex chronic illness such as cancer and they valued the emotional, mental, spiritual piece of our health. And someone had a role in delivering that type of care. And part of what she did was work working with people one-on-one, reasoning through the emotional, mental, spiritual conflicts of their illness.
2: You really heard the rest message.
1: And that was the rest message. That's right. And I didn't know anything about this rest message. And this was the first time I had ever heard of someone offering this type of depth to healing in a capacity that dealt with the emotional, mental, spiritual part of our body of our healing process and coming from the hospital setting where I really helped people in life or death situations and very intense illness. It was really crises that we were addressing on a daily basis. And, I can't tell you how many times I would see people that we would bring back to life or, you know, whether it was surgery or procedures or medications and would literally save their lives. But you could tell that unless the emotional, mental, spiritual conflicts got resolved, they'd be back in a month, in a year, in five years, in 10 years, and their journey would never fully bring healing Yeah, until those entities got got dealt with. And so I was very, very, very impressed with the fact that there was someone out there that saw the need for this type of intervention and was already doing it
2: in a clinical
1: setting, in a clinical setting, dealing with patients one-on-one, making this type of care possible. And I thought, this is incredible. This is exactly what we need in every clinic in every hospital. This is what's missing in the healthcare industry. We medicate mental illness. We don't know what else to do other than treat a symptom. And so in the conventional med- medical model, we're largely dealing with symptom management. And there, they may have a disease that promotes anxiety or depression, but by and large, other than referring them to psychiatry, we're treating symptoms with medications and trying to numb that symptom, calm that down. But that's the extent of what the conventional medical model can provide, we don't have the training or the skill set to dig deeper and start to address these imbalances that occur that might have a physical manifestation, but at the root cause level, there's mental, emotional, and spiritual underpinnings. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, in a lot of ways, isn't that research even barred just from the medical community? Like there's a lot of things that are available in other parts of the world that we're not even open to looking at in the U.S., that's absolutely right. Yeah. But you heard it. And so I was fascinated that there was a person,
1: this incredible woman somewhere out there that was offering this, that saw value in it and was getting incredible results. And it was a very short two minute video just explaining her role and the work that she does. And at that moment, I was compelled and I just thought, I need to work with this lady. I need to meet her. I need to be friends with her. I need to know her. I need to find out who she is. And years went by, and I was at a staff meeting, and I was listening to this lady give give a presentation. And I realized that this person getting up and speaking in this meeting is the same person that I heard several years ago.
2: Can you believe that? And
1: I couldn't believe it. It was one of those moments where Mm -hmm. I could not believe that I was now sitting in an office and joining a staff of people and... In a clinic. In a clinic, Mm -hmm. doing exactly what I wanted to do and had now the opportunity to work and meet this lady. And it was one of those divine interventions
2: that... You can't explain,
1: but are so grateful for.
2: And I love this story. I, I never tire of it because God does hear the deepest hungers of our soul. And we're living in a time where I think every single one of us wants to know what can I do? How can I do it? And what can I contribute to make things better? And ultimately, being part of the healthcare system for so many years, Heidi. You have the same desire that I think most every doctor I ever meet has. And you had the courage and you were at a place in life where you could venture. But I think it's beautiful how you can go online, find something that resonates with your deepest convictions, and honestly commit that to prayer. And years later, be patient with the process, right? Because years later, here you are at a staff meeting and I was asked to address rest. It's not an easy, really, thing to understand. It's complex. It's got many layers. And although it's intuitive, it's not protocol. And to see your face light up. And I remember 8, 9 o'clock at night, you and I, 9.30 sometimes, a few times 10 o'clock at night, we were the last ones closing up the place for months and months, but I'll never forget saying, Heidi, don't you live in San Diego? When do you sleep? I mean, come stay at, the, at our headquarters, basically at the villa, and it's so much closer to the office, but I'll never forget you telling me this story. I think we were here at the villa one day in St. Virginia, you're not going to believe this, but I heard you online and the things you were speaking of. And that was like the desire of my heart to work with somebody like you. And the fact I'm here, and this, and now the villa. And we started putting this thing together, and it was an amazing pilgrimage we've had in our relationship. But I think I want our listening audience to be encouraged regardless of where they find themselves today. Because you were experiencing a lot of grief, as we all do with our work and our profession and our relationships and everything else. But you did something about it. You gave it life. You gave that grief life, and you gave that grief a voice to God. And I know you spoke to other people about it, and you persevered in seeking answers to reconcile it with your deepest convictions, right? And it's amazing how if you can be patient in the process of suffering— just remember, patience comes with suffering. And I guess that's what abiding is called. Don't lose sight of hope. Don't lose sight of your deepest convictions. Don't be afraid to face the relational, emotional, and spiritual truth and to enter into that place of rest because God will take you where you're supposed to be. Keep your eyes open. Keep your heart open. Stay thankful. And the fruit of this podcast is greatly the fruit of our friendship because you attended many days of rest with me and we've worked literally 18 and 20 hour days side by side for a very, very long time with a high standard of excellence. And we knew that was reckless and it wasn't sustainable. But it was during those conversations that you said, Virginia, you've got to get this information out there to the masses. This conversation's got to be had. We've got to take these conversations and have these conversations in different ways. Expand that prism you keep talking about, and so the fruit of what I'm doing is largely the fruit of our friendship. And I want to thank you for that. You pushed me
0: <laughs> to, do so you. to do something I wanted to,
2: and then Natalie came in and finished off the job and said, "We're doing it." Put this mic in front of me,
1: and now there's tens of thousands of people that get to hear this message of hope and hundreds and have tools that they can start to apply to their own lives.
2: So don't lose sight of your dreams in your grief Mm -hmm. in the things that cause you confusion, chaos, and dis ease. Don't lose sight of the deepest convictions of your heart. And with that, I want to talk to you, Heidi, a little bit. And we have these conversations every day, multiple times a day. But I want to talk, I want you to speak to our listening audience about the physiological consequences of not dealing with grief. Dr. Cowan and I had a fabulous conversation about the stages of grief that we're all acquainted for with, excuse me, we, we spoke about the stages of grief that we're all acquainted with and it's disbelief, anger, a measure of depression, at some point acceptance, but they don't come in any specific order. Sometimes they come all at once and they can manifest in the course of 24 hours, sometimes in the course of two or three hours. And sometimes acceptance of something comes prematurely and then comes the anger. So these things don't come in order, but they certainly hit us. And when we don't digest and process the stages that come with grief that I just mentioned, it has physiological, neurological psychological consequences, and I wanted you to talk about the anatomy and how these manifest in disease states so our listening audience feels hope that they can do something about it after this podcast. So
1: one thing that that is happening at a cellular level is when you're in a state of grief, that's a very high stress state for the body, and you've probably heard this talked a lot about on the podcast, but when the body's under stress and emotional stress can be one of those triggers that we see all the time, it enters into what we call a fight or flight mode. And that's when the sympathetic nervous system is in overdrive. And when the sympathetic nervous system is in overdrive, the body's in a fight or flight state, which means it's being run by your stress hormones and your stress neurotransmitters. So cortisol is high, your blood vessels constrict, blood flow starts to get reduced, oxygen delivery to your cells get reduced. But it also shuts down the fascia, which is the connective tissue that wraps around the bones that includes the tendons and the ligaments and even the lymphatic system where a lot of our toxins get stored. And that lymph system doesn't have a pump. Our heart is the pump for our blood. But the lymphatic system doesn't have its own pump. And so stress and those fight or flight states shut down the flow of the lymphatic system. And that's a huge piece of how we detoxify, how we sweat out toxins, how we eliminate toxins and deliver toxins.
2: What happens when the lymphatic system shuts down?
1: So typically we'll see things like swelling. All of a sudden your feet and ankles start to swell. Or you get engorged lymph nodes and they start to get swollen and hard or tender and they that can occur in the neck we have a ton of lymph nodes under the chin in the neck under the armpits in the groin area all throughout the legs but when the lymphatic system isn't working we're not getting rid of toxins they just stay there they're sluggish and they get stuck in the in the extracellular matrix
2: is this a precursor to leaky gut are these high levels of stress or can lead, or is that a, it's a really good
1: question? So what happens with the gut is that when that nervous system is in overdrive, the vagus nerve gets
2: affected and the vagus a nerve. a toxic load? It creates a toxic load basically in the body, right? For sure. Okay. And so how and does that affect? And then what
1: happens with the vagus nerve is that the vagus nerve is the largest nerve in the body that runs from your brain to your heart and to your entire intestinal tract. And the intestinal tract and the digestive organs have an enteric nervous system. So the vagus nerve innervates all the nerves within the abdomen that help us digest our food properly. And that's not just the intestine. It's also the stomach. It's also the pancreas. It's also the gallbladder. It's the flow of bile through the liver, through the gallbladder.
2: So if people are having problems with any parts of these, our listening audience, if they're having problems with any part of these systems, is it acceptable to say that you want to take a look at what's happening with your lymphatic system?
1: Well, the lymphatic system, the digestive system, your heart, we start to see manifestations mm-hmm. of a lot of symptoms when the body's in a high state of, state of stress. And it shut, And one big piece that you just mentioned is the gut starts to shut down. And when that happens, you don't digest your food well. You don't absorb your food well. You don't move through. The peristalsis or what we call the movement of the intestine, the contraction that helps us actually get rid of stool doesn't move. So a lot of people have constipation or they have diarrhea because there's a dysfunction with the nervous system that controls how the intestine moves.
2: And does this compound the toxicity to the brain because the same neurotransmitters that are in the gut Right, are regulating so brain the glymph, function.
1: The lymph system that's in the body. We also have a lymph system in the brain called the glymphatic system, and it actually is most active at night when we're sleeping. It where we detoxify our brain the most when we sleep, and when you're in a state of high stress, often sleep gets disturbed, and that toxic load from the brain to the rest of the body to be. Dumped. Excreted and dumped is affected. So, that can also affect brain function as people start having more brain fog, poor concentration, poor memory, inability to concentrate, inability to follow through on tasks. Those are all symptoms of a brain that's not well. And that could be because of the sympathetic overdrive, could also be because toxins aren't getting out of the brain, could also be because oxygen's not flowing into the brain cells. Adequately, and there's buildup of lactic acid. There's so many components physically that could be going on, but ultimately, the nervous system being in overdrive is physically what's
2: happening. That's and physical then consequences. When yeah. you
1: we can help those things improve with various treatments, with herbs and supplements, with homeopathics,
2: with exercise, with detox modalities infusions of massive because these infusion bars are a big thing now. So I, inf-
1: there's ver- various IVs that can help this state even just simple detox strategies mm-hmm. but but also things like heart rate variability and heart math mm-hmm. which we'll be talking more about on the on future podcasts. Mm-hmm. Something as simple as learning how to breathe and helping that nervous system start to engage so that we pull you out of that fight-or-flight state, even just through breath work, is astounding. We can also, there's various tools and modalities we can use to to help that fight-or-flight state, but if we don't deal with the emotional That's right. cause of grief, anger, despair, frustration, we're never going to fully help you heal. What I've seen clinically in being able to work with Virginia is when we, st- we can do a lot physically, there's so many treatments and modalities that we can do physically to help you feel better, help your symptoms, help things start to get into a, a balance where those innate healing mechanisms can start to repair and, and keep you healing physically. But when people start addressing the emotional, mental, spiritual imbalances, it speeds up their healing tremendously. Mm-hmm. And so we can catapult you. So much faster on your healing journey if we can get to those emotional, mental, and spiritual imbalances. Yeah. And so, the, for the people that I've worked with that are very sick, a huge piece of their healing is working with Virginia and being able to address what are all the various factors that have affected. Their mental and emotional
2: states. Exactly. And what's fascinating, and Natalie, you hear me talk about this all the time. It's not just the things they've personally experienced. There is a significant connection to the consequence of generational choices and decisions and whatnot. So I liked, I, I liken it often to a relay race because I was a runner for years in high school. And I was a sprinter and I ran all the relays. And there was something transformational when you got that baton. You knew that was it. It was showtime. If the baton got dropped in the transaction, right? No matter what, have you tripped? If you if it didn't matter, that was your leg of the race and you gave it all you have. You gave it all you had. And that's how I see life. That's how I see our role in family systems. It doesn't matter what kind of family you come from. You have an opportunity to do things beyond your wildest expectations if you can understand that the consequence of how you think and how you feel, it didn't just start with you. Your story didn't start at home. It started in the home of the home of the parents, parents, parents. And you may be carrying an enormous amount of grief and depression and anxiety from spiritual strongholds. Unresolved emotional conflicts, and my favorite is family secrets. Secrets, buried alive, never die. Never die. The life of those secrets and those conflicts carried on to generations to come. And I love unpacking that with people, regardless of the nature of the trauma and the stories, because they're transformational. And Heidi, that's when I see... Every, all the interventions that you bring to bear, we see them flourish in ways that are, it's just magnificent. It's like a firework show. But the will of a man trumps all.
1: One one thing that's a big interest of mine is um, something called the cell danger response. Okay. And there's actually, I think we're just scratching the surface of our understanding of what this really means. UCSD has actually done quite a bit of work researching this in recent years, but as the longer I work with Virginia, the more I start to realize when we address these emotional, mental, spiritual blockages from an energy standpoint, that's allowing our physiologic process to be in a state of balance Hmm. and at a very deep level traumas, insults from toxins and infections, but also emotional trauma Anything that the body, real, you know, feels as a trauma, mm-hmm. um, can shut down how the mitochondria of the cell works. Wow! Um, and so, if literally, so even emotional I, I, can
2: trauma. I, can I say something? I love, that. That. I love it when you use the word insult because we all understand an insult. An insult is jolting. We don't understand what, where, how, why, what's happening, and it can destabilize us. These toxin that insult our immune system are no different than the verbal insults we inflict on each other and i like that because that's easy for them to access and understand that's what's happening to your body through drugs alcohol toxic relationships secrets lies you're believing about yourself these are insults at the cellular level
1: absolutely and so as we start to look at okay why aren't you healing you know take people that are chronically sick and have a myriad of symptoms and their bodies are bogged down with all the systems of their bodies aren't working well and everything's out of balance and at a deep cellular level their cells are stuck in a state of of breakdown and shutdown they literally shut down to protect themselves from the insult and until they
2: overwhelmed by the insults, yes, we might add.
1: Yes. And so we're seeing that physically when we look at the toxic burden, when we look at infectious burden, when we look at an imbalanced immune system, when we look at chronic rampant inflammation, cytokine storm, all these things influence all these things are insults to the cells. But we also need to look at the emotional insults, the mental and spiritual insults, the the lives that we've been believing for years. Things even in generationally that we're never dealt with that on a energetic level are still keeping ourselves from healing.
0: Yeah. And a great so, way to do that is using the Evox Zyto system.
2: Evox, Zyto, heart rate variability, these Fagal. We, we have several new resources and technologies that we're going to be incorporating now. But it's fascinating. I think it's the future of medicine is heading into all kinds of energy work but I, I just love the context that you're giving everyone for grief the physiological consequence of grief that's unresolved manifests in these disease states
1: one example i can also give just for people to understand that's an extreme example but it helps us visualize what's happening is there's a syndrome called broken heart syndrome And we see it in cardiology. It's called Takisubo cardiomyopathy. And it's literally a broken heart syndrome. And it can happen after deep states of emotional trauma. But these people come into the emergency room with chest pain and have classic symptoms and presentations of a heart attack. We'll see EKG changes, we'll see changes in their blood work. And they go to the cath lab, and there's no blockage, there's no clot blocking blood flow in their artery like there is with normal heart attacks but they present they even have decreased heart function seen on an echocardiogram so which can take months and months to heal and we treat it similarly to regular heart attacks but there's no clot but their emotional trauma it could be trauma from a divorce trauma from a loss of a loved one trauma from a motor vehicle accident or a a traumatic Accident. It could be, you know, being a victim of a rape. It could be anything that's emotionally traumatic.
2: It can be a severe abandonment, a deep infringement wound. It's a soul wound. Yeah, exactly. I like to look at that syndrome as a deep, deep soul wound, and there is no way to heal those without having the strength and the courage to speak through the process of that grief and simultaneously mitigate the central nervous system. It has to happen because it's the body that keeps the score. I talk about this all the time and it has got to be fleshed out. I'm so glad you brought this up because I think it's something tangible that everybody listening can relate to. And it's a discussion that must be had. I heard a piece this morning from Jordan Peterson that I would have never, ever, ever, ever heard a therapist say 20, 30, 40 years ago, 35 years ago when I was in graduate school. Never heard him say. But he talked about basically recklessly going after the root of confusion, chaos, and disease, and exposing, of course, with the consent of the person. But that process of exposure must take place. If you're grieving, we know it's painful. We know it takes courage, but we also want you to understand the physical consequences that this has on your health, on your very anatomy, on your body. So I'm really glad you brought that up.
0: Yeah. And I want to say, too, there's a reason why we have turns of phrases like my heart feels heavy. Or I'm totally. broken hearted, things right. like that. There is a physical manifestation there that we are expressing and we think of it as though it's something that's just emotional or turn of phrase or metaphorical, it's, but it's not. It's on a physical level. I have about
2: 22 of those things and I'm going to do a podcast on every single one of them. We talked about this before. It is laws of nature, self-evident truth that speak to our natural affection. We will speak what we're feeling. Our body's always informing us, right? It's
1: pretty amazing that I love that book, The Body Keeps the Score, because our bodies literally are the manifestation of all these other parts of us that we don't have good diagnostic tools for. Uh, we're, We're starting to develop more, but with Evox, it can give you a window into what someone's dealing with that they might not even realize. So they don't think of it as, oh, I'm not angry. I'm not grieving. I'm not. Resentful, but their body is holding on to those emotions. Their brain just doesn't realize it.
2: I've made an observation, and I didn't get a chance to talk to you about this. I think I've mentioned it perhaps in passing, but something strange is starting to happen as I'm working with people now. And when you deal in the world of energy work and you connect, you make the energetic connection about the things we're discussing, something amazing happens. And in conversation with people, I can tell when they're having a release pattern in the context of a conversation now. And then I can tell when there's so much resistance that it's futile to burn time and money with this person because they're not really willing to be honest with themselves and release these things. A child, I want to encourage everyone listening. Learn to listen with your heart. Hear with your ears, but listen with your heart. Hear with your eyes, with all of your senses, but listen with your mind, your heart, your will, your conscience, your feelings. And to do that well, you have to reconcile the conflicts within yourself and make sure you don't get triggered when somebody your love is speaking to you. And the reason this becomes vitally important is because you can be a walking Evox machine and help people release these patterns. I want to do a whole talk on that. But as you were speaking, I'm reminded of Uh, We had a speaking engagement in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I had a speaking engagement many years ago. And we left Caleb, who at the time, I think, was three years old, three and a half, four years old. He was little. And I missed him so much, right? But the girls were with us. Morgan and Jordan were with us. And I remember calling my sister. My heart just hurt. But when he got on the phone, he said... Mommy, my heart is cracking, my eyes are leaking, and my stomach is punching my throat. And he started crying, I miss you. The soul will speak of the consequence of grief in our anatomy. Oh, do we have the courage and are we willing to listen? Can we stop long enough to, or can we train ourselves to learn to listen? That impacted me so deeply. I wish I would have been a better listener many, many, many more years ago, but it's certainly a discipline that I work on every day. But it's worthy of an effort because the consequence of doing otherwise continues to compound the grief we feel and the grief that our loved ones feel, and we can be instruments of healing in the life of our family, and the life of our friends. And that's why we do these podcasts. We want to train and teach and inspire and instruct and equip you to be instruments of healing in your life, and the life of families. Because the burden on the healthcare system, and Heidi, nobody can speak to it like you and Dr. Cowden and people that are in the front lines, is insurmountable. It's going to require all of us to roll up our sleeves and start having these conversations and learning together. Anyway. And there's
1: so much we can do. So you much. Know, we are powerful, and I truly believe God will equip us with the tools and the knowledge and the wisdom and discernment and sensitivities, right? And sensitivities to unpack these things. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to rely on the healthcare system to solve a crisis if we are able to understand and, and deal with these things throughout our lives, because the symptoms are just a manifestation of, of an imbalance. And so if we learn to pick up on them, listen to them, and we
2: can dodge bullets.
1: Absolutely. And we don't need to burden the healthcare system and go get more pills and go get more therapies to treat and mask a symptom Mm -hmm. because we can deal with that and, and heal and find ways to create balance so that you actually get healing. You
2: don't need to mitigate symptoms. This is so good. So good. To end with this, we talked about something very real, the rape culture we have and how we are consenting to this desecration of self and others and conversing about it in the context of Parting, or this just happened or it probably didn't happen or it wasn't like that or what we rationalize it and it's not acceptable because it's destroying us from the inside out. But we talked about the grief in a very specific way that came with that and how liberating it can be when you are willing to embrace these principles and live by them and not worry about, not, not take on these, these heavy themes with the expectation of... The results, but engage in the process of grief, of grieving and releasing, for example. Engage in the process of pressing charges, of confronting, of speaking, of being truthful. Just engage in those difficult processes of having hard conversations because we care, because we love each other. It's not to take anybody down or shame somebody or put somebody in their place or set the boundary, right? No, the boundaries for you, not them. Boundaries are limitations we send in a standard and a measure of integrity we decide that we're going to live with. And I think that's a, an important part of healing, and it's an essential part of processing grief so we don't become sick. But you close this out. Obviously, I'm passionate about this stuff. And <laughs> I know. Oh, no. Natalie's saying, oh, no, Virginia's on one.
0: Oh, no, I'm loving this. This is something that a lot of people don't think about and don't really talk about. They just think that it's, you know, that five-step process that everybody pretty much knows. They don't think about the cellular level or the impact that it has on our body. So, And really just being
1: aware that there's an emotional constitution to every illness. Yep, And our body keeps the score. And so if we are just mitigating symptoms with various therapies... We're never going to truly heal. And if we can start to listen and dig deeper and and find people and practitioners and people that will help you uncover this and will listen to your concerns and your symptoms, take them seriously because
2: they're telling you something. That's right. And if you have children and you're saying, yeah, but my child's sick, my baby's sick, that's even better. Look at yourself. Look at your husband. Look at your family systems. And then you know what? repent turn just means turn 180 the other way and go the other way we can help you heal we can help your babies heal if the baby is in a state of confusion chaos and disease and they don't even have words their body is speaking to you well their body was made in your body by both your bodies from your parents bodies and so on and so on so this is all very reasonable this is not you don't need a degree to start delving deep into these conversations Just think about this reason, the significance of these things, and you're going to feel empowered. You're going to see the immense resources you have within yourself to bring healing to yourself and your family. And that's what we're committed to, right?
1: And I believe that our bodies were divinely created and have an incredible capacity to heal when they're in a state of balance. And so, part of it is also identifying where am I out of balance? Am I out of balance in my thinking in my beliefs, in my thought patterns? Is the body manifesting something in a certain way there's a There's always a reason for a symptom, and so instead of just turning to the first thing to mitigate it, having the courage to to dig and to really uncover why that may be
2: so good. I'm thinking about 20 things I want to talk about, but I can't start another theme, but I will just drop this little idea. Anxiety and depression are my favorite. It's your body saying something's off. So examine your thought life. Examine your thoughts. Think about what, what you're feeding your mind. Are you on TikTok when you wake up in the morning for three, four hours? Are you on social media all the time? What is feeding your thought life? What's that internal dialogue going on? What are you feeding your soul, your mind, your heart, your will, your conscience, your feelings? That's what's being compromised. So you got to declare war on the toxic burden that comes from the insults that say you're not enough. Mm -hmm. And social media... Is pretty much that now there's a lot of great resources on social media too. There is. Pick, choose, govern. You govern what comes into your mind and your thought life. Because you have an opportunity to flipping get a stinking degree online.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Seriously. So true.
2: Right. YouTube university. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, I think it's a great time to be alive. And I'm thankful.
1: Bouncing off of what you just said, we have so much power. We have so much that we can control and we have so much that we can change. Yes. Yep. So just a note of encouragement that, to empower you to take these opportunities and say, wow, this is interesting. Oh, this is not, a, not necessarily a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's going to lead me down the path to healing, mm-hmm. which
2: is freedom. We talk about healing in the context of freedom always. Exactly. So if you exercise the liberty that, that um, Heidi is talking about, you will live with greater measures of freedom And you're beaming
0: I am because I'm just thinking of your response to most like whenever I come to you or one of the staff comes to you and it's like oh I'm dealing with this or I'm feeling this way or I'm feeling unwell and you go oh good like what tell me about that this is good I love your yeah this is you say this is good and it's like let's dive into that I love just that outlook on it and I think that that's so important for people to adopt you know something's hurting in my body being like oh good let's dive into that like let's figure that out right if
2: somebody has the courage to bring these deep dark things out of hiding. Yeah. We can carve out that infection. Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. I love you guys. Thank you. you too. Thank you Heidi for thank being here. Thank you so here. much for having me. Yes. Thank you. We're going to have you back a lot.
0: EVOX technology by Zydo is a time and research tested perception reframing biofeedback technology where helpful frequencies target and unblock buildup of toxic stress and excess energies in the body. Virginia frequently uses this technology during sessions with her clients. These clients have reported positive impacts on health, interpersonal relationships, personal performance, increased relaxation and decreased stress. If you want to hear more from Dr. Heidi Ahrens in the context of rest, she is one of the primary instructors on our on-demand 40 Days of Rest curriculum, which is available on our website to support you in your pilgrimage. If you use the promo code PODCAST to receive a 10% discount for our foundational on-demand day of rest, you will receive a discount for the 40 Days of Rest curriculum. For updates about rest and this podcast, please visit our Instagram or Facebook, The Place of Rest. If you'd like more information about Virginia or to support and join the cause of rest, please go to virginiadixon.com forward slash collaborate or call 949 949- 949 2895935 Thank you for listening to Rest with Virginia Dixon. We'll see you next week.